0: With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson.
1: Hi there, mining community. We've got another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining podcast. And today I've got Tim George, who is the CEO of Pensana Metals Limited. Um, who are going to be a significant supplier of raw materials to the magnet metal market and developing a mine in Angola, in Central Africa. So no further ado, I want to introduce uh, Tim George. How are you doing, Tim? Very well yourself, Rob. Thank yeah, you. I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, Really appreciate the time for you, uh, taking the time for you to uh, to do this podcast. Um, So I just want to, first of all, before we start talking about Pensana uh, Metals, Want to get a little bit from you about your background, how you got into the mining industry, how your careers developed to, uh, to obviously where you are now. So, um, yeah, fire away. Uh, thanks, Rob. I'll be uh,
2: succinct on that side of things. Uh, I, I graduated in 1986 in Leeds University in uh, a degree there called Mineral Engineering, which is a combination of uh, a uh, bit of geology, mining and metallurgy uh, and a few other subjects rolled into it with, and uh, and spent uh, a decade working with uh, Anglo-American and De Beers in various shapes and forms in, in uh, gold fields, coal fields, diamond side of things, mostly in production management, actually, which is really where I uh, I uh, cut my teeth um, and uh, and thereafter in uh, quite a lot of the feasibility studies that uh, the company was involved in ranging from base metals to, uh, to gold and so on. Um, uh, with a stint after that in uh, construction and engineering up in uh, Nigeria and then Angola again starting up a, a, a business there which was uh, one of the subsidiary companies of Anglo. Yeah. Um, and after that, I struck out and went into uh, exploration mining, and uh, spent three years up in Angola uh, on a, a diamond project, which we had listed uh, on AIM in those heady days back in the early two- mid 2000s. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, I, my my background and forte has really uh, been focused on. Uh, uh, since then, on consulting positions and so on in the industry uh, with a few other uh private ventures in the in between but yeah. uh, I've got particularly excited about this one and and uh, been on board now for a few months
1: yeah um interesting from uh you speaking about your degree where your degree was covering a few different disciplines um was were you sort of tied to one particular discipline, or did you prefer one discipline over the other, or would you say you just your deve- as your career developed, you just had a broader sense of, of obviously uh, metallurgy, mining, and geology.
2: No, yeah, I think that it it was a degree that was designed to give a, a slightly broader multidisciplinary uh, uh, qualification. At the time, uh, in in those early 80s periods, a lot of the UK uh, mining side of things had pretty much was being closed or had closed by that yeah. stage, and uh, and this was developed, I think, really to uh, to feed the overseas market side of things, and uh, that's exactly what. Uh, the likes of anglo and the some of the other majors at that particular t- time were uh, doing recruitment drives in the uk on a on an annual basis
1: yeah so when you graduated did you go straight away overseas or did you work in the uk for a while before going no overseas? I,
2: I i i i i went in, i went straight back to africa i had okay. uh, a bit of a history there because i was born in zambia on the copper belt so okay. uh, i did have an inkling about what I was going to get involved in.
1: Yeah, got you. So it was, it was a little bit in your blood to go back to, uh, obviously, Africa, work within Africa in the mining sector, even though you may have not known it originally.
2: Now, look, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's where things are happening uh, over the last few decades, really, in terms of uh, development potential is uh, alongside South America, I suppose, and Australia. That's where things have been happening in the industry.
1: Yeah. So obviously you mentioned just recently joining uh, joined Pensana Metals. What attracted you to, to joining them as the CEO? Well, it's a, a little bit of background on that
2: side of things. As I, yep. as I mentioned, I'd been involved in Angola previously in the late uh, 90s. I started there and obviously that was prior to the Civil War uh, being over. And uh, and then subsequently again posts uh, 2004, 2000 to 2007. Um, And I've been keeping a watching brief since then on on Angola. And it really has come a long way in terms of uh, being open for business since then. I mean, previously it was pretty much focused on oil um, in terms of its major revenue stream. A uh, lot of uh, multinational companies there—the uh, Americans, the French, uh, the Italians, uh, etc.—have um, been there for many years, uh, pre-civil war as well. Um, and then the only other real activity on onshore was in the diamond uh, field side of things in the north of uh, of, of Angola. And you've obviously. Uh, uh, that was a mixed bag during the Civil War, but has become quite regularised uh, since then. and uh, the likes of uh, Luke diamonds are particularly doing well there at the moment.
1: Yeah. and so has the, how's the sort of company developed obviously since you've started? I know you've only been there for for obviously a few months. but how what what have you seen, and what's the I suppose the the very short term future?
2: Yeah, look, I think just to add on a little bit more yeah. about the Angolan side of things, um, I mean, the government, as I mentioned, is really looking forward to diversifying the economy away from the oil and gas and diamond side of things to agriculture, tourism and mining. Um, so that's really what uh, that background has been over the last few years. They've made adjustments to the mining legislation. They've uh, made it easier to... to uh, uh, to run a business there, the uh, uh, the restrictions that were previously in place under the socialist dispensation have, have, have really shifted. So that's the backdrop. Um, the project itself uh, is really focused on extracting uh, two key rare earth elements, neodymium and praseodymium, from uh, uh, a, a large carbonatite deposit, which... Uh, was known about previously, but not much work had been done on it. And uh, a few years ago, they did some soil sampling exercises and discovered that, hey, this is uh, this is quite an interesting grade that we've got here. Um, and subsequently, Dave Hammond has come across from Peak Resources, he'd done a lot of work on a project over in Tanzania there for them. And with his expertise and, 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 and knowledge, we've really had a, uh, he, he initiated a fairly serious drilling program to look at the extent of the, uh, deposit. Um, and then in recent, uh, the last six, seven months, uh, there, there's been an infill drilling program, uh, to really, uh, bring and highlight the, the, the project, um, from, my side of things, as a as as a guy who's used to uh, looking at the execution of uh, mines post the uh, geologists having discovered something, it was particularly interesting. I mean, the 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 weathered material that cover uh, that is uh, forms this uh, 20, 30 meters cover of uh, uh, of of the carbonatite itself, um, which is in essence, like an old volcano um, has uh, retained its rare earth uh, content and being weathered, it obviously lends itself to a free dig. You know, you're not required to drill and blast as you are in many other hard rock mining applications. You've effectively in there with a, a, a shovel and trucks and uh, and then coupled with a relatively uh, uh lightweight mineral liberation uh, uh, facility to actually uh, disagglomerate the ore body a flotation uh, circuit which is relatively straightforward uh, to increase the level of the rare earth in the concentrate in the flotation concentrate, uh, a, a dewatering and followed by trucking and railing down to the local port um, okay. On the other key aspect um, on this particular project is that uh, over the last uh, decade, the the Chinese have put a lot of money into rebuilding Angola's infrastructure. And uh, one of the things that they've spent money on is the uh, old uh, Bengala railway line, which heads up uh, from the port of Lubito up to the Copper Belt in, in Congo and Zambia. And that has been re uh, rehabilitated and is back and running, and it passes by within four kilometres of uh, the mine site on okay. its way past Wambo, which is, from an infrastructure point of view, is an absolute fantastic position to be in uh, compared to many other countries in Africa, yeah, where you actually have to put your own in,
1: yeah. So, I just want to go back to obviously uh, the particular project you're you're involved in, so how does the uh long on Joe project fit into angolia's um central sorry the current environmental current environment now
2: yeah, look, i think as I mentioned, the government's really looking to diversify the economy um yeah. There are agricultural projects which have been reinitiated up in that area of uh, central Angola, the Huambo province, where this project is, lo- is located, um, and they are looking to basically reinvigorate the the local economy. So, uh, mining has not in that area taken off at all in in the last uh, uh, 20 years since the civil war uh, ended and that's a big focus for uh, government at the moment they really are looking for this type of project to get up going provide jobs to for the for the local communities uh, and also provide a revenue Uh, you know if we we're obviously the, the particularly wanting us to fast track this because they've invested a lot of money in the actual rail infrastructure, for example, um, and uh, the, it's highly underutilized at the moment. So the likes of a project like this, where it's going to provide an income that will then be able to pay back some of the money that's been borrowed to uh, to rehabilitate the railway line is, is, a, is a key for them. So yeah. they're, very much supportive in terms of uh, this project at the moment.
1: Yeah, um, and obviously talking about the government um, and obviously local communities. How is your relationship with with the government and the local mu- uh, communities in Angolia, especially obviously with this with this project?
2: Uh, it's 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 excellent. I mean, uh, the the president uh, João Lourenço has has been there for a few years now. He's uh, he's he has appointed. Uh, ministers who actually really are uh, capable technocrats who understand the jobs that they're doing they understand the in uh, the industries that they're involved in um, and are very much focused on ad- ad- advancing government policy to encourage uh, uh, in- investment opportunities so we have very healthy uh relationships at at, at ministerial level in, in in government um but it's always important to have it right the way down through the the chain so for example we the uh the governor of the huambo province where Longonjo is located is also very enthusiastic about the project i was uh, with them in a seminar uh, a month or so ago uh, along with the Ministry of Mines de- delegates in terms of uh, looking at this and other projects in the area and how to advance them and what help was required and what they could do to contribute and so on. So you know they're extremely supportive um, for, and further down into the uh, in the civil service uh, the on the electrical side of things, for example, the uh, uh, the, uh, the large hydro schemes up in the north of angola have been recently connected down to the uh, the central part of the region so for the first time in uh, 34 35 years again you have cheap hydroelectric clean power available to that region Um they're still doing a little bit more of the infrastructure rehabilitation in terms of the distrib- distribution lines but uh, now Angola effectively has an oversupply of power, which again sets it aside and apart from many other African countries. Um, so we have a, 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 an opportunity not only to benefit from the rail, but also to benefit from the, the power. And they're very enthusiastic to make sure that uh, that that uh, we understand their rollout programs, we, we're involved with uh, understanding uh, the, what they can do to assist in terms of this particular project development and integrate it into their uh, electrical provisions in the area. So it's 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 a complete package in terms of un, of, of being close to uh, executive government decision making down to uh, local and regional government.
1: Yeah, obviously you mentioned Angola's open for business. Um, what other opportunities are there for for mining in Angola um, as an investment destination?
2: Well, look, I mean, obviously the the the, the ongoing side of things is is uh, in in the diamond field side of things. That's been relatively well prospected in certain areas, but there there is still a lot of untapped potential there. Yeah. Um, However, they have uh, had an an, an iron ore mine uh, uh, that was up before the civil war, uh, basically it's interrupted operations back in 76, 77. Um, That's still being looked at in terms of studies being done on it to look at uh, uh, whether that can be brought back on stream. Um, there are uh, junior miners looking at gold deposits around Angola Uh, uh, copper uh, is being looked at the 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 thing is that really there hasn't been that much exploration done in Angola since uh, uh, since the 60s and 70s okay Um, so it's uh, there is some data available from regional surveys that have been done by various uh, groupings over, over the years, but it's sketchy, I would say, and, uh, and really it's, it's, it's starting to open up now that the road infrastructure has been uh, also assisted by uh, resurfacing of many of the arterial routes. You can get around a lot, a lot more. Um, the com- the country has been largely demined. Yes, there are a, 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 a few areas which are, are are still no-go areas, but by and large, um, the legacy that uh, Angola had after the civil war um, has been mitigated in terms of landmines and so on. So access is is not a problem any 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 longer, um, and. Uh, the other thing is that uh, it used to be very much a Portuguese-speaking country uh, yeah. 20 years ago, and uh, and it's amazing how quickly English has uh, become, you know, a second language oh, to okay. many, many of the people and, and for the likes of me who battle with uh, with that sort of thing, although I've, I have made the effort to, to understand Portuguese, uh, it, it helps tremendously when you're able to converse in, uh, in English with, uh, with key decision makers in the, in, in the country and yeah. uh, to a lesser extent locally you still need translators and so on but um, it, it, it's, uh, it's much better than it used to be.
1: Yeah, well, there seems to be a lot of um, opportunities for for mining um, in the country um, and as a, obviously as a supplier of raw materials. Um, what are the material is going to be used for that you're going to uh, going to mine, um, and who who's going to be the end user? Look, I mean, our
2: side is basically to to do a a, a simple processing upgrade of the uh, rare earth uh, material into a concentrate form, yeah. and uh, dewater that and 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 export it at this point in time. Uh, the, it it. it It's a project that's designed to make use of the existing infrastructure. There really isn't any uh, capacity at this point in time uh, for downstream processing in Angola. So it is going to have to be exported Um, and uh, you may have uh, come across a few of the Shots across the bow that are coming as a consequence of the trade war, where uh, rare earths have been put in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, The and the demand for alternative supply sources outside of China is now recognized as by many as being a a critical thing to develop. I mean, basically up until uh, recently, there have been very few alternatives to the supply uh, chain uh from the chinese they have a, a, a pretty much a, a stranglehold on the supply of the bulk of rare earth metals that are used in various shapes and forms um and also the downstream processing of that side of things outside of uh australia and uh malaysia's refinery there are very few uh, and far between you you have a gap until the uh, the uh, the end users in Europe um, rely heavily on the uh, on procuring raw materials from China yeah. at this point in time.
1: Yeah. So obviously you've got a, a, a bit of a unique commodity there um, and a gap in the market where you see, so it's not obviously dominated by the Chinese. So um, there certainly seems a lot of opportunities for you. Correct. I
2: think you know, as, as I mentioned, uh, the, uh,
1: the end consumers, whether they
2: be the automotive industry who need these high-strength magnets for uh, making their electric motors more efficient. That's where praseodymium and neodymium are particularly uh, unrivaled in terms of their performance in 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 uh, in the electric motors. Just those permanent magnets yeah. efficiency is. Is enhanced by the presence of those uh, two metals in the alloy um, to allow, <clears throat> for example, uh, batteries in electric vehicles or hybrid uh, uh, transport to uh, to operate more efficiently and for have a have a longer life before being recharged. Obviously, other things like wind turbines, uh, the the MRI machines in hospitals through to your iPhone headphones and uh, um, and missile guidance systems. So it's a huge range of of applications that are dependent on the supply chain that, uh, as I mentioned, is currently controlled by China. So and and there are really are very few other uh, significant deposits outside of of china which are currently exploited uh, the, as i mentioned there's the australian operations and uh, and, and uh, an, an operation in greenland uh, they there are a number number of entities looking at, the, at other projects around the globe but many of them face infrastructure challenges and that's where i think that this one in particularly in angola is is a is a good fit we yeah. have got We've got all that infrastructure, power, rail, road, on our doorstep, um, and uh, and therefore it is a lower capital uh, operation is 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 possible, um, and uh, and that's why we're looking to particularly fast track it.
1: Yeah, well, it seems very encouraging. Um, so, what's the outlook for Pensana Metals and for the future? um and i suppose just looking over the next five or ten years for instance
2: look i i mean we we're, we're busy with a pre-feasibility study at the moment which we looking to release in september yep. um that will chart the way forward in terms of the development of the of, of the project and uh as i mentioned we are looking to fast track it i think we've we've uh, the operation that we're envisaging free dig uh, mining operation very little liberation costs uh, a, a flotation circuit followed by a uh, dewatering circuit uh, it lends itself to the, the lower capital uh, compared to many others and uh, that's where we really want to get stuck in and produce this Uh, or get to a production stage as as early as we possibly can Um, these windows of opportunity don't come along that often Uh, so that's really where our focus is is getting this to production in the next couple of years
1: yeah sorry and as a company are you looking at any other jurisdictions um, for other rare metal um, sites at all
2: uh, no, not at this okay. point. I mean, the, the 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 focus is on the Angolan one. It is a turning into being a, a world class deposit with a, a potential long life of mine um, associated with it. And so, our all our effort is 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 going into that project at this point in time.
1: Yeah. Um. And lastly, um, what advice would you give, um, someone maybe any of our listeners that are. Or would consider um, exploring or developing um, a site in Angolia. Any advice that you would give them? Any challenges that they may face? And obviously, you said Angola is open for business, so obviously there is there is opportunities there. But is there any challenges that you may face that they may face, or any advice that you would give them?
2: Look, I I think it goes along the lines of uh, pretty much any other country that you you first need to. Really get your boots on the ground and, and, and get out there and actually understand the, uh, the circumstances uh, and the people involved and uh, whether or not your aspirations match their aspirations. Because uh, I think that's key in any project development going forward is that the people in those areas want it as much as the, the promoter does um so lining that side of things up we have particularly on this one got uh, a head start in early um on the environmental impact assessment and the social assessment side of things we've we've uh, got going with that as as, uh, as a priority uh to make sure that everybody understands what we're going to do um or are planning to do and uh, and that uh, They're accommodated in that process. We don't want to overpromise what is going to happen in the way of job creation, but neither do we want to uh, uh, not clearly state that this is going to have a significant benefit to what is a very poor community at this point in time. And those are the key aspects. I think that upfront, you really need to get to grips with that, uh, before getting too carried away down the line with uh, with what the project's going to look at, yeah. if you can firmly get your feet on the ground and and uh, on on that front, then you'll do well in in uh, in Angola. because um, uh, it is it is a particularly uh, uh, there are, there are so many opportunities. The difficulty is actually focusing in on one as well. So. Do the homework, find the one that actually works, uh, and 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 really concentrate on it, uh, and make sure that when you're talking to uh, the people uh, who are concessionaires in government or or local community leaders, that uh, that you're going that you're prepared to uh, do what you say.
1: Yeah, certainly, and I think uh, corporate social responsibility is a big topic at the moment and um, and obviously you emphasized that and um i think if you if you're obviously going into a country like angola then obviously see csr is an important factor uh, when looking to do business there correct uh,
2: you know the the the, uh, the impact of, of, of mining and processing is uh, in in a lot of circumstances going to be reasonably significant from the point of view of traffic uh, uh, in and out of of those environments that the job creation side of things and and you've got to make sure that it's it's aligned and uh, stacks up in terms of making sure that those are positive as opposed to negatives in terms of the effect they have with the extra money in the local community that it gets spent on the right type of things rather than uh, than wasted yes which is which is uh, and and again on on and selection of the projects that you get involved in do the things that are likely or more than likely to survive uh, the test of time, you know, the, the, you know, often uh, some initiatives might seem particularly uh, um, uh, good for the development of a community, but they might not be quite ready for that. You know, with these basic areas, you need basics, uh, like running water, uh, good sanitation, uh, education, and uh, and healthcare. Those are those are the areas that
1: uh, really need the focus. Yeah. And is there any certain things that you're looking to do with some of the local communities um, with obviously uh, your development um, that you're looking to do with the local communities in terms of maybe, I don't know, maybe building schools, um, building maybe small towns, etc. Is there anything that you've that you guys have got in mind?
2: Look, I, 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 as I said, we're we're at the pre-feasibility study stage, so that type of incentive may come in due time. But yeah. at this point in time, we're focusing on uh, on, on on the project itself. For example, yeah. what can we do now? For example, we have uh, uh, recently had various visits to the mine, with the geologists, who are local geologists have been trained up by uh, the Pensana. Uh, senior staff. So we've we've uh, we've initiated those type of, uh, of of processes to actually assist with development, personnel development um, associated with the exploration programs that have been happening to date. And as a consequence of that, the university in in Luanda uh, is now interested in sending uh, uh, some of its ge- geology students on vac work. Uh, okay. to to the site to you know those those types of things where it's fi- it it fits into the actual uh, working cycles of the company at this point in time it has a long term benefit and to the broader community as 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 well because those guys can with that training go on to do uh, work elsewhere as well um, plus it it gives assistance to to the project and and improves people's understanding of it as well. Yeah. So those are the types of things we're doing at the moment. And obviously, further on down the line, uh, once the economics are known, we'll be able to broaden that.
1: Yeah, I understand. OK, Tim, really appreciate uh, you taking the time to uh, to do this podcast. Uh, I think it's very informative. Uh, maybe not many of our listeners will know much about Angolia. And um, I think you're giving a good count of the uh, country and especially the opportunities that, uh, present in the uh, present actually in the country um if our audience wants to contact you how can they go about doing that
2: um well the uh my uh email address is uh tim.george at uh we do have the 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 website there's a contact base through that where we release uh, uh edls to uh, interested investors as well so you just need to Um, look at uh, pensalometals.com and you can sign up there Uh, there's also linkedin and twitter and uh, those sorts of uh, things if that's a preferred communication mechanism yeah as well
1: certainly i was just going to ask you on any other social media platforms and it's it's surprising the amount of people especially i'll say even the listeners on this podcast um the amount of different platforms they actually do use is not just solely solely one. I mean, I do a lot of things on LinkedIn, but I know a lot of the audience will use other platforms to mm. um, to obtain various con- uh, con- content. Um, so it's good that you're, you're spreading yourself on different forms of uh, of um, social media.
2: Yes, yeah, I'm I'm learning as I go as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly the same. Exactly the same here. Um, so really appreciate your time, um, like I said, in doing this podcast. i um, like to thank all the listeners. Um, hope you got some uh, valuable content from the, from the podcast. I um, appreciate if you could um, keep promoting promoting the podcast. Keep telling your friends and colleagues about, um, obviously, uh, this free content. Um, hopefully, a lot of people that are listening are getting a lot of content and a lot of um, information um, from, from the guests that I have on here. Um, it certainly will help you improve your knowledge and ha- hopefully improve uh, your career and obviously gain valuable insight to various commodities, countries and even the guests and how their uh, journey and career develops. So, um, yeah, appreciate if you can keep spreading the word and um, hopefully um, build better relationships and work practices um, through, listening, through listening to these various podcasts.
0: So until next time happy mining. Thanks for listening to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org. Or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining.